In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If James and John, the sons of Zebedee, had a favorite Bible story, it was probably the time that Elijah called down fire from heaven. The king of Samaria was sick, and he wanted to know whether or not he'd recover. And so he sent messengers to inquire of Baal. The prophet Elijah met them on the way, and he asked them, Is it because there's no God in Israel that you go to inquire of Baal? I'll give the king his answer. Go and tell him that he's going to die. As you can imagine, this didn't make the king very happy, and so he sent a captain and 50 soldiers who found Elijah sitting on top of a hill. O man of God, the king says, come down. And Elijah replied, If I am a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifty. Then fire came down from heaven and consumed the captain and his fifty. Now the king was stubborn and so he did it again. He sent another captain and fifty men and the very same thing happened. And it would have happened a third time. And he pleaded for his life and for the lives of his men. And they were spared. But the king and his other captains and the soldiers got what was coming to them. Now James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were hoping for an encore of Elijah's performance. In today's Gospel lesson, Jesus was slighted by the Samaritans, who didn't receive him because he was headed to Jerusalem. It was a perfect opportunity for James and John to prove their zeal for Jesus. And you can imagine how they felt. There are few things more liberating than holding the moral high ground, than being wronged and being indignant and outraged by it. It's like a reflex, like swatting a mosquito. And think, just for a moment, how delightful it is. Whether you stew over it, or gossip about it, or just let them have it, the wrong that you've suffered becomes a treasure to you. You hang on to it, and so you cultivate your righteous indignation. We enjoy it so much because we take it as proof that we are good. If we get angry about all of the things that are wrong in the world, that must mean that we are right. If you're James and John and you're on the side of Jesus, and you're the ones who get to call down fire from heaven, that's it. You're in. You've got it made. We're masters of this righteous indignation. In fact, we're addicted to it because it lets us say, like that Pharisee in the temple said, thank God I'm not like those sinners. It's no wonder that Jesus had given James and John the name Boanerges, the sons of thunder. But it's not simply that they were so indignant or that they were hypocrites like the Pharisee in the temple. James and John had missed something crucial. 
something which is admittedly very hard to grasp. And we, like the sons of thunder, spend our whole lives learning this lesson. Jesus didn't come to judge the world, but to save it. Life in this sinful world is full of good reasons to be indignant, to be outraged at others and even at ourselves. But never, at any time, will Jesus ever say to you, Sure, go ahead and call down fire from heaven. It's not your job. And it's not what Jesus wants. Our text began like this. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And that's why the Samaritans rejected him. They worshipped on Mount Gerizim in Samaria, and the Jews worshipped on Mount Zion. But Jesus was headed to Jerusalem not just to vindicate the Jews over against the Samaritans, not to prove that they were right. He was headed to Jerusalem to inaugurate a new place of worship, a new temple, the temple of his body, He was headed to Jerusalem to be the perfect sacrifice. He was headed to a place where he would suffer every wrong. And he was not indignant. He wasn't outraged. He went willingly, as a sheep before its shearers is silent. And set on the hill of Golgotha, Jesus was mocked by captains and by soldiers, and by everyone who passed by. Let's see if Elijah will help him, they'd say. And if you are the Son of God, come down from there. But there was no encore of Elijah's performance. Jesus didn't say, I am the Son of God. Let fire come down from heaven to consume you. Jesus was doing a new thing. There would be no fire to consume the captains and the soldiers, the Jews or the Samaritans. In fact, if there were a fire from heaven, it would have been the kind of fire that consumes a sacrifice. Because that's what Jesus was. He was set on that hill, on that cross, not to judge sinners, but to die for them, to save them. He died to rescue us from all of our efforts to be good and to be right. He died to make us good and to make us right. And so things are different now. That's the lesson that James and John learned. If they were going to follow Jesus, if they were going to put their hand to the plow and not look back, that meant not just leaving behind their homes and their families and their friends, It also meant leaving behind their righteous indignation, their outrage. It meant that they would have to suffer every wrong for the sake of Jesus. But even more, it meant that they would receive every good thing because of the suffering of Jesus. 
Later on, after Jesus ascended into heaven, John, the son of Zebedee, ironically got what he and his brother James had asked for. Early in the book of Acts, Luke tells us that John was sent by the apostles in Jerusalem to the brand new church in Samaria, of all places. And when he got there, he prayed for them, and he laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit fell on them. Fire from heaven. Not the kind that consumes, but the kind that saves. And so the lesson is for you, too. When you're indignant, when you're outraged, especially for good reasons, especially for the sake of righteousness, it's then that you should pray for the Holy Spirit, for yourself and for those who have wronged you. Because that is a request that Jesus will never deny. And then follow Jesus. Follow him to the cross, where he sheds his blood and hands over his body to make you good and to make you right. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.